Welcome to the Vineyard Cleveland podcast. We hope you enjoy this message. For further information and other resources, please visit vineyardcleveland.org. Okay, legacy. How many of you know that we brought nothing? How many of you have heard this? We've brought nothing into this world and we can take nothing with us when we go. But it's true that we leave everything behind here and we leave an imprint on those who come after us. And so what we're after this morning is spiritual legacy. And there's three different uh, groups of people I'm aware I'm speaking to, whether you're joining us online or you're in the room this morning. And the three different groups are grandparents. Those are who, who are in the autumn or the winter of their lives. There are parents who are like me, maybe, who are in the thick of it, who might have a toddler or a newborn or anywhere or a teenager, God forbid. Oh my gosh, I've got a teenager now. And I've got a teenager and he's a freshman and it's crazy um, that he's a teenager and he's a heck of a drummer and it's a, it's a roller coaster. So we're speaking to grandparents, we're speaking to parents, and we're also speaking to children. You know, this morning that I believe that there will be moments this morning where our children back in K-5 in uh, middle school this morning will pick up this thing of spiritual legacy that we leave something behind. So three different relational components this morning, grandparents, parents, children, great-grands. And so a lot going on, a lot going on, and a lot of people, different groups of people that were uh, speaking with this morning in the conversation. So how do we lean into a life that leaves a positive spiritual legacy? Well, throughout the course of this week, I sense the Lord's heart for us this morning and simply communicating with us that spiritual legacy has less to do with people thinking well of us after we die and more to do with how people think well of Christ. You know, everyone is after remembrance. People want to be remembered. And we do remember some after they pass on. Yesterday, we remembered thousands of folks who tragically died in the Twin Towers 20 years ago. And we set aside time to remember. And we do that this morning, too. We set aside a time to remember the tragedy that happened in New York and Pennsylvania and Washington, D.C., and what that meant for our lives. Folks are remembered after they die. However, in the kingdom of God, there's a different measurement for success. Not to be remembered after we die, after we pass on. Because the truth of it is that very few of us will be remembered in a hundred years. No one will remember my name. They may, may not remember your name. And it's a humbling thought to think about that, that no one will remember me in a hundred years. But when we start to direct our lives towards Christ and we put our eyes on Jesus, we begin to see that none of that matters. It doesn't matter how many followers people have on social media. It doesn't matter how many people think you're great or famous. It doesn't even matter if people think well of me after I'm gone. I want them to think well of Jesus. I want them to know that God had his way with me. That I gave God full glory, that I gave God full access to my heart. And then the measurement for success changes, right? Because then it doesn't matter about who remembers me. The only measurement for success at that point becomes faithfulness and obedience. Did I follow Jesus? Did I say yes to him completely and utterly? 
through hard times, through good times, did I say yes to Jesus? And here's one thing that I know about legacy. Now, I'm not quite yet in the great or grandparent phase. I am in the parent phase. I'm in the thick of it right now. But here's, so I I don't know a whole lot. I don't know the wisdom of the sages yet. That's why I sit down and I take time and listen to those who are in their 70s and 80s. Because I learn like 10 new things each time I sit down with folks who are in their 60s and 70s, 80s. But here's one thing that I've picked up. And the one thing I know about leaving a legacy is that it's never too late and it's never too early to begin to leave a positive spiritual legacy. It's never too late. So if you're here this morning and you're in your 50s, you're in your 60s, or you're in your 70s, or you're watching online and you're, you're into the autumn or the winter of your life and you're thinking, man, I just made a mess of it. I blew it with my life. Hey, there's some good, there's some bad, but it's mostly bad and I've got these regrets and I don't know about this whole thing of spiritual legacy. I'm here to tell you and remind you of grace that it's never too late to leave, to begin to leave a spiritual legacy. Likewise, if you're younger and we're teaching in the K5 room, it's never too early to start to leave a spiritual legacy. Dr. Tony Evans, a really great preacher, puts it this way. We should be three-generational minded. This is a really, this is a challenging thought. The Bible, the scriptures are full of this idea of legacy because everyone is thinking this. What is it going to look like in my kids, in my grandkids after I pass on? And the scriptures are full of this idea of legacy. And Dr. Tony Evans puts it this way. We have to be three generational minded. In Proverbs 13.22, we read, A good man or woman leaves an inheritance to his children's children. Translation, a bad man or woman leaves no inheritance to his children's children. So there's no future planning. Goodness in the sight of God, by grace, nothing to do with earning the favor of God, right? But goodness in the eyes of God is being three-generational minded. I need to be in a place in my life where my eyes are so fixated on Jesus that I'm receiving insights for Luca's kids. You see? That I'm thinking about Luca's kids, that I'm thinking about my kids' kids. That's a really tough assignment, isn't it? Especially for you parents who are my age, parents of newborns. Our minds aren't thinking, we just had a baby, and you want me to think about my baby's babies? <laughs> like, like, where are we going with this? It's a challenge, right? But the word says that a good man or woman leaves an inheritance for their children's children. The scriptures are full of this imagery of the third and the fourth generation. Blessing to the third and the fourth generation. We see it throughout history as well. Blessing to the third and fourth generation. I love this one. Billy Graham said this. He said, the greatest legacy, the greatest legacy that any one person can pass on to one's children and grandchildren is not money or other material things accumulated in one's life, but rather a legacy of character and faith. Character and faith. Nothing to do with money. Nothing to do with things. Psalm 78. 
We will not hide uh, them from their children, but tell to the coming generation the glorious deeds of the Lord and his might and the wonders of what he's done. Joshua 4, 21, 22, he said to the people of Israel, when your children ask their fathers in times to come, what do these stones mean? Then you shall let your children know Israel passed over this Jordan on dry ground. Psalm 145, verse 4, one generation shall commend your works God to another and shall declare your mighty acts. And then the Shema, you shall, this is the prayer that every firstborn Hebrew learns. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your might. And these words that I commanded you today shall be on your heart inscribed, written, carved in your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children and will talk of them when you sit in your house and when you walk by the way and when you lie down and when you rise. So important is legacy to the Jewish people that this, the Shema, this prayer is taught by memory to every firstborn Jewish male son. And then what it's done is it's written on a little scroll, a little tiny scroll. And that scroll is placed in the corner of the doorway to the house. Legacy matters. Positive spiritual legacy matters. So, very quickly, I found a few things that could be helpful for us to look at this morning when it comes to leaving a spiritual legacy. What do we leave? What what do we leave? We leave a legacy of the word. First and foremost, we leave a legacy of the word. The word. The word of God. Not just the Bible. Yes, the inspired word of God. B-I-B-L-E. I got you on that one. But not in that way, right? Not in that dry religious way. But the word of God. The word of God over our lives. That we are loved. That we are chosen that we're worthy of his affection through the person of Jesus and only through the person of Jesus. The word, the gospel, the good news, the beauty of the good news that sets us free, that Jesus lived, he was crucified, he died, and he rose again. We leave a legacy of the word. We leave a legacy of the word. Jesus says this about his words. In Matthew 7, he says, Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house. Oh, the storms of life, how they will beat against the side of the house. Uh Uh-huh. And the rain will come down in our lives. And the winds will blow against the shutters of our lives. So much so that we're on the edge of crumbling. Yet, Jesus says, yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. The rain came. The streams rose, the winds blew, and beat against that house, and it fell with a great crash. There's this foundational thing of the Word of God that's not going to protect us. Do you notice, you notice that Jesus says, if the storms come, he says, when, when the storms of life come, 
You're going to need something bigger than yourself. You're going to need something deeper than yourself. You're going to need the foundation, Jesus says, of his words. In your heart, the scriptures say, hide, hide, be, have the words of Jesus so far inside of your soul that they're hidden from everyone else, that they are hidden in the pockets, in, in, the, in, in the nooks, the English muffin of our lives, in the nooks, in the crannies, that the word of God is so engaged and entrenched in our hearts that there's nothing that you can do to get rid of it because it's so foundational. Jesus' word is foundational in leaving a legacy to our kids, to our grandkids, to our grandkids' grandkids. In 2 Timothy 4, Paul writes this. He says, In the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who will judge the living and the dead, and in view of his appearing in his kingdom, I give you this charge. Here's what Paul tells younger Timothy. Preach the word. Preach the word. And when necessary, paraphrase, and when necessary, use words. Preach the word with our lives. We'll get into that here in a minute. Be prepared in season and out of season, no matter how you feel, whether you feel worthy of God's love or not, the foundation of the word is huge in leaving a legacy in and out of season. So we leave a legacy of the word. We also leave a legacy through modeling, through model. Paul says in 1 Corinthians 11:1, 1, follow my example as I follow the example of Christ. Paul is saying to Timothy here, watch me do it. How many of you know that your kids, my kids, are, my kids are watching me? How many know that your kids are watching? Our, our kids are so observant. And they get us into trouble sometimes, don't they? Because they're so observant. If you don't watch, your kids will tell on you. <laughs> and also your kids will tell on you in the best way too. If you're the same you are at home, as you are when you're out in the world, if you live an authentic life before God, like you do before your kids, nothing to hide, transparent in your failures, transparent in your flaws, transparent in how hard life is. Ah, I'm already going to the next point. The point is that we leave a legacy through model. Does what we, ma- does what we do match up with what we say we believe? This is huge right now on the face of the earth of the younger generation, the YouTube generation, Gen Z, um, millennials and younger, are really great at being able to express what they value. But there is a disconnect between what they say they value and how they actually live their lives. And how many of you know that that's not just the younger generation, that's all of us right now? That there's this disconnect, there's this, there's this right, if, if it's in the church, there's this right theological thing. Oh yeah, God, you know, Jesus so loved the world. He died on a cross for us. I get it, yeah, salvation. But then when it comes to how we treat our wives, 
or how we treat our kids. We live in a way that completely devalues what we said we just believed. And so, we leave a legacy through modeling. Now, I'm not talking about um, being perfect. I'm not talking about living a perfect life, a sinless life. There's only one person who can claim that they lived a sinless life. And his name is Jesus. And you are not Jesus. And I am far from Jesus. I am not him. Everybody say, Eben, you are not Jesus. Amen to that. Sarah say, Eben, you are not Jesus. <laughs> Amen to that. Sarah knows. This powerful thing of modeling Jesus says, watch him. Keep your eyes on him. Do what he does. Say what he says. Think how he thinks. Treat your kids like he treats your kids. Treat your spouse like he would treat your spouse. That's the way we leave a legacy. It's through model. If you say it's important to pray, do you pray? If you say giving is important, do you tithe? If you say truth is important, do you tell the truth? Even when it hurts, even when telling the truth will get you embarrassed. Do you still tell the truth? Nothing has more influence in this world than a model. It's powerful. How many, how many of you can remember words that your mom or your dad said when you were like five? Things that your mom or your dad or your grand... We, we heard memories of, of grandparents this morning from World War II. You know, model is powerful. Model is powerful. Okay, enough with that. Leaving a legacy of spiritual authenticity. This is huge for me. Ah, I love this. As a four on the Enneagram, being real is everything. It is everything to me. It is a core motivation of how I live my life. That there would be this sense of living before an audience of one. I see you and I hear you, but I'm learning in my 40s, like you all, I love you, but I got to keep my eyes on Jesus. I need to keep my eyes on the Lord because the Lord will never let me down. The Lord will bring me through any tough situation. He alone can be Jesus to me. He is Jesus. Look at David. Look at King David in Psalm 51. David, uh, David, 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 um, David has an affair. David cheats on his wife with another man's wife and then has that woman's husband sent to the front lines to have him murdered in the war. And here's what he writes in Psalm 51. I'd like for you to, <laughs> I'd like for you to transpose today's politicians on how the king of Israel, David, treats this situation. You won't find any like him. He says this, Have mercy on me, O God, according to your unfailing love, according to your great compassion. Blot out my transgressions. Wash away all my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. For I know my transgression and my sin is always before me against you and you only have I sinned and done what is evil in your sight so that you are proved right when you speak and justified when you judge. Surely I was sinful 
At birth, sinful from the time my mother conceived me. Surely you desire truth in the innermost parts. You teach me wisdom in the inmost place. Cleanse me with hyssop and I will be clean. Wash me and I'll be whiter than snow. Let me hear joy and gladness. Let the bones you have crushed rejoice again. Hide your face from my sin. On and on. Create in me a pure heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Do not cast me from your presence. There's this authenticity that we get from King David here that is matchless on the face of the earth. It is beautiful. Don't you want to live your life like that? This is how I want to live my life. When you blew it, just tell your kids you blew it. If you're sorry, just apologize to your kids. I'm sorry. I blew it. I raised my voice. I'm sorry. I was angry with you. I'm sorry. If you, if you lied, go ahead and, and, and keep accounts short and confess that you lied, that you didn't quite tell the truth. There's this thing of spiritual authenticity that is so powerful. If we could pass one thing, Sarah and I, to our kids in a positive spiritual legacy sense, it would be this thing of being authentic, of just living our lives before God and being transparent before him. You know, like none, none of this, like this church talk that you get, how you doing? I'm doing really good today. I'm doing great. And I know there's not a lot of time to interact on Sunday mornings, but everything's fine. And meanwhile, you know, the marriage is falling apart. Meanwhile, you're in pain and broken from, from the abuse that you suffered when you were a child. And how you doing? I'm great. Everything's awesome. Everything's amazing, you know? How callous we are to just move through our days and say everything is fine when everything is not fine. And what it means to pass on a, a spiritual legacy of, of a positive one of spiritual authenticity is, is, to say, um, is to say, you know, not everything's fine, actually. And that might be a bummer for some people because you know a lot of people are just expecting to say, for you to say, everything's great. You know, it's just what we do. But to dig a little bit deeper and say, you know, everything's not fine. Everything is not fine. I have blessings in my life, but just being honest before God and with others is a way to pass on a positive spiritual legacy to your kids and your, grand, and your grandkids that will last a lifetime. Everything, I, I'm not okay. Saying that could change your grandchildren's life. I'm not perfect. I'm sorry. These little simple things, yes? Lastly, as we close, leaving a legacy of hope. Um, leaving a legacy of hope. You know, I sat down with a few friends this week, and one of my friends, he's in his 70s, and, and I asked him about this thing of spiritual legacy, and I said, hey, what, what do you think of this thing of spiritual legacy, and what does that mean, and what does that look like for you as you're um, journeying your 70s now? And, and you know what, kept, what theme he kept on coming back to? Was perseverance, which has to do with hope, is 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 holding on to Jesus through really, really difficult times. When everything else is telling you to let go of Jesus, he said, Eben, one thing that you need to know, one thing that your son needs to know, one thing that your son's kids need to know is that you need to hold on to Jesus for dear life and not let go. Don't quit. Don't give up. 
Don't give up. So if there's one thing that I could tell you this morning about leaving a positive spiritual legacy, um, if I could in humility preach to you grandparents, don't give up. Don't quit. We need you. We need your presence in our lives, showing us what Jesus looks like. Showing us what his character looks like. Keep on going. And if there's one thing that I heard from my friend and how I parent my kids and being, trying to be three-generational minded and think about Luca and Winnie's kids, my grandkids, it's the thing of not giving up. No matter how many times I feel like life has kicked me down, I am not a victim. I am not a victim of my circumstances. I belong to Jesus and he commands my destiny and he leads me where he wants to go. As I listen to him, as I follow him, I will not give up on you, Jesus. How can I give up on you when you've hidden your word so deep in my heart, the pits of despair that you've saved me from? How can I give up on you? You love me. You're faithful to me. You never give up on me, God. Give me strength. Give me courage to not give up on you. Don't give up. Leave a legacy of hope that tomorrow is going to be better than the last day. And on and on and on until the last. Let your kingdom come, Lord. Let your kingdom come. We pray as Jesus taught us to pray. And into eternity that there is a better future. That there is hope. I just wanted to leave you with this. First Peter let me get to it. First Peter 1. And Peter says this. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade, kept in heaven for you who through faith are shielded by God's power until the coming of the salvation that is ready to be revealed in the last time. Lots going on there. A lot of theological, shielded, veiled salvation. The thing you need to hear that I need to hear is that Jesus is alive and back from the dead. He's a living hope that, who lives inside of us and is leaving an inheritance for us that will never spoil, that will never fade. Nothing can touch it. It's sure as the morning sun. Check out this prayer to put it in perspective as we close uh, from the Anglican Book of Common Prayer. In all our time of tribulation, in all our time of wealth, in the hour of death, and in the day of judgment, good Lord, deliver us. Have mercy on us. Whatever happens, as the song says, give me Jesus. Just give me Jesus. You can have all this world, but just give me Jesus. That's a life that speaks beyond itself. That's a life that leaves a legacy. Just give me Jesus. Just give me Jesus. That's all I want. That's all that I need in this world. And in him we'll find that we have a living hope whose word is uh, foundational and secure, who has left us an inheritance in the Holy Spirit to encourage one another 
in this journey wherever we find ourselves, grandparents, parents, kids. And what a precious gift Jesus is to us. His spirit in our hearts. More than just religion or church on Sunday. Gosh, what a good deal. What an amazing thing we have in Jesus.